Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. Today's top stories, the truth about Bush, Afghanistan, and 9-11. Second, Biden and Milley bombed an Afghan aid worker that was not the intimate ISIS threat that we were told. Third, Fauci calling for vaccine mandates for air travel. And finally, Tony Blinken's testimony this week on the ropes. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So we just went through the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and while a lot of people were expecting a solemn day of remembrance, George W. Bush, the arch neocon, decided instead to make a politicized speech targeting who? You, the American people, who don't support the endless wars, who don't support the forever interventions anymore, and who just won't pay attention and do as you're told, like the elites want. So let's unpack that a little bit. What is a neocon? What is a neoliberal? And what is the new right, right? This is Human Events Daily. We're not neocons. We're not neolibs. We're here to give you the facts, and we're here to stand up for the American people. Period. End of story. The elites are not part of the agenda here. So he who is a neocon, right? Who's a neocon? George W. Bush. Here he is. That's what a neocon is. Second, what is a neoliberal? Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, great examples. And finally, of course, we have Joe Biden, who sometimes he's not even there, folks. Sometimes he's just not even there. But he's pushing more of that same agenda that we've seen. Invade the world, invite the world, open borders, go and focus on the energy resources, the economic resources of what's overseas, use that to import to the United States, prop up Mujahideen groups throughout the Gulf region, uh, try to do regime change in countries we don't like. That's the neoconservative agenda, right? This is what the populist movement is all about stopping. No more are we going to have this rule of the elites doing what's best for their class rather than what's doing good for the American people. Simple. It's really simple, actually. So you go back and look at this throughout the 90s, even. When Clinton's State Department was in, you had people there who, in the United States, in the 1990s, were supporting the Taliban. Why? They wanted a pipeline deal from the Caspian Sea all the way down to the Arabian Gulf that would bypass Iran, that would go through Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and on the way down. And they viewed the Taliban as the best way to get a government that was pro-Western. Remember, this was the same Mujahideen that back in the 80s they had supported against the Soviet Union. That's what it was all about, another extension of the great game. The Bushes, the Cheneys, they were all in on this. The Iraq War, another great example of that. Folks, we're done with it. We're done with the lies we're done with the misrepresentations, the half-truths, and the bold-faced lies of people like Colin Powell going forward and saying that there are active weapons of mass destruction programs. How many Americans died? How many trillions of dollars were spent on these wars in the Middle East while you've got potholes in the United States of America, while your kids' schools aren't fully funded? while we're facing so many problems here at home, 
while the borders in this country are completely open in many places, but we're going to go and protect the borders of Afghanistan rather than actually do what's right for the American people. It's really as simple as that. We're turning things around, folks. We're turning things around, and this is the point. And so George W. Bush, when he's up there, and he turns that solemn event into an attack on the American people, because remember, they didn't just overthrow um, you know, the Clinton dynasty right? in 2016. They first got rid of the Bushes. Jeb Bush was thrown to the dustbin of history along with the legacy of his brother, along with the legacy of their father. Why is this? Folks, we've got resources here in the United States, in Alaska, in Texas, in so many places. We don't need this anymore. We can develop the resources right under American soil. 9-11 happened because Osama bin Laden and his band of Wahhabists and Islamists and Muslim Brotherhood supporters, people at certain levels within the Saudi government, right? Not the Saudi government writ large, not the entire regime, but members, certainly members. We've seen that in the 28 pages. But Bush didn't want that information coming out. Why? Because he didn't want it to affect the oil relationship. Folks, if we have terrorists out there, that are targeting the homeland, that are targeting the United States, we're going to go and get them. But we're done with the regime change. We're done with gender studies programs in Kabul. We're not going to turn Kandahar into Silicon Valley. And we're done trying. Stay tuned, because ahead, we are going to talk a little bit more about specifically what just went wrong in Afghanistan. Human Events Daily continues. And we're back. Now, folks, I want to go back and take everyone back to the moment right before the United States evacuated their last flight from Afghanistan. You remember the chaos, you remember the insanity, everything was going on at that airport. There were bombs going off. There were people falling off of airplanes. And then there was a drone strike. And the drone strike came down, and General Milley and the administration told us that they had stopped an imminent ISIS threat to the airport there in Kabul. Play the clip. Play General Milley. I want you to hear this. Uh, we had very good intelligence uh, that ISIS-K was preparing uh, a specific type vehicle uh, at a specific type location. Uh, we monitored that through various means, um, and um, all of the engagement criteria were being met. We went through the same level of rigor that we've done for years, uh, and we took a strike. Uh, so that we did. Secondly, um, is we know that there were secondary explosions. Uh, because there were secondary explosions, there's a reasonable uh, conclusion to be made that there was explosives in that vehicle. The third thing is we know from a variety of other means that at least one of those people that were killed was a ISIS facilitator. Uh, so were there others killed? Yes, there are others killed. Who they are, we don't know. Uh, we'll try to sort through all that. Uh, but we believe that the procedures at this point, I don't want to influence the outcome of an investigation, um, but at this point we think that the procedures were correctly followed and it was a righteous strike. Now at the time, remember, the administration wouldn't tell you the names of the people who were struck. And almost immediately, we had reporting, and I had posted this as well at Human Events, and I had tweeted about this, and it was all out there, that there was a family that was struck. Millie said, oh, well, there were other people, but it was a righteous strike. 
Folks, now we know through reporting an investigation on the ground who actually was hit. The guy was an aid worker. He wasn't making bombs. He was filling water bottles for his family because the pipes didn't work in his house. So he was filling up water bottles at work, putting them into his car and driving them home so his children could have something to drink. Biden and Milley and the analysts and whoever was looking at this thing saw all of that going on and said, my gosh, we think those are bombs. Look at the size of the containers. That's gotta be a bomb. What else could it be? Let's kill them all. And that's what they did. Folks, a lot of people misunderstand the Afghanistan situation. I understand it from my perspective of having been an intelligence officer in the United States Navy, having been someone who did work in the interrogation cell. I served there at Guantanamo Bay uh, for a time doing counterterrorism. You have to understand how we look to them, okay? How the United States government looks to them. If you are 18 years old in Afghanistan, you don't know what 9-11 was. Yeah, you've heard about it, but you have no sense of it, no emotional resonance of it. You just know that there's been an army patrolling your streets, an army of foreigners who speak a different language, have a different culture, don't believe in your religion, and they are controlling your country. And then every once in a while, they blow up some family and claim they were terrorists. If that was going on in the United States, what do you think would happen? What do you think the response would be? You're creating more terrorists by doing this. Every single time. And for 20 years, the United States was doing this. Initially, it made sense. Initially, the operations of sending in our special operators to specifically go after the Al-Qaeda cell that conducted the 9-11 attacks, wipe them out, knock them out of Tora Bora, that all made sense and it worked well. But the nation building, the occupation, we looked like a foreign empire trying to impose our ideals like gender studies and everything else that was going on in Afghanistan upon the people there who didn't want it and then we were killing families like this. General Milley, this guy is a complete disgrace. And I've been hearing from people that are in the officer corps all the way up to 06, right? So the highest level colonel or captain in the Navy before you put on that star and become an admiral or general. They are sick of the chain of command. They have, there is a crisis of confidence between where things stand now and where they could be. They understand what went wrong in Afghanistan. They also understand that they went there, the men who served went there with the best of intentions and went there to defend America and to help people. But the leaders, again, the corrupt elites in this country and General Milley, I'm sorry, buddy, but you take the cake. So why don't you resign and go spend some time, you know, propped up at some left-wing academic institution worrying about white rage and what went wrong, apologizing for being out there and clearing out Antifa protesters, right, during the riots of 2020. Sir, you're a joke. You're an absolute joke and this is on you. Stay tuned because we'll be talking about other federal bureaucrats who are jokes coming up next when we talk about Anthony Fauci. 
Folks, the vaccine mandates are here. The new authoritarians are in charge and they're the same as the old authoritarians. I want you to hear the latest clip from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Let's roll. If we get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated, we will get to herd immunity. If we do it in the next six months, it will happen in the next six months. If we do it in the next two months, it'll happen in the next two months. I would support that if you wanna get on a plane and travel with other people that you should be vaccinated. When you hear us say, should you mandate vaccination for children to be able to attend school, some people say, oh my goodness, that would be terrible to do that. But we already do that and have been doing that for decades and decades. I don't know what school you went to, but the school that I went to, you had to be vaccinated for measles, mumps, rubella, polio, or otherwise you couldn't go to school. So it is not something new to mandate vaccines for school children. The solution that we have at our hands is vaccines. Now, I want to be very clear about this, right? He understands that people don't have problems with the vaccines that we've been using for years. People have a problem with the new one that was just rolled out and is now being mandated, not just for air travel, that what he wants, but now he's talking about for your children, right? That is what people have a problem with. They say, this thing is new. We are worried about adverse effects. That's common sense. That's just common sense. But I want you to understand, you have to pair this with what Joe Biden, CNN, and all the rest of them have been doing for over a week now. The President of the United States came out last week and said that this pandemic is your fault if you're unvaccinated. If you are part of the minority that is not obeying, that is not complying with government mandates, you are the cause of the pandemic now. You, not the CCP, not the lab in Wuhan, not all the lies of Fauci and Dashak and EcoHealth Alliance, Lancet and all the rest of it. No, 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 because remember, we weren't allowed to talk about that lab and Shi Zhang Li, the Batwoman, and all of the experimentation that she was doing on the humanized chimera mice experiments. No, 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 no. It's your fault now. You, the unvaccinated, are the new underclass, the unvaxxed underclass. That's what they want you to be, a second-class citizen. They don't want you riding on planes. They're not going to allow your children to go to school. If you're in the military, and I had people come up to me at mass just this last weekend, and they said, we've got people in our family who are active duty, and they're being told that they can't deploy. They're being pulled off mission. They're going to the chaplains, and the chaplains were instructed not to help them get a religious exemption, right? Because people have serious questions about the role of abortion and some of the research that was done here. No, no, no. They said that the chaplains were trying to encourage them not to get a religious exemption. That's what's going on in the US military. Think of it, you are going to lose a class of people and skill sets and capabilities that were serving this country, that were defending this country. But Joe Biden doesn't care about that because it's not really about helping these people. It's about power. The same way that every cynical, political, authoritarian has been throughout history. We have to stop this minority before they destroy the country, before they destroy the people. You know, the ACLU, if you go back, 2008, prior, et cetera, they used to be against vaccine mandates for this very reason. They don't work. 
This is coercion, not persuasion, not encouragement, right? They're not even talking about natural immunity anymore. Why is that? If you had COVID, do you have the antibodies? They don't care. They don't care about how many people have recovered from this and do they have long lasting immunity because they have the antibodies. So folks, we are going to fight this. Stay tuned. We are gonna fight this because this is the hill to die on. Stay tuned because in our last segment, we are going to be having an interesting talk about someone who is fighting on a hill of his own, Mr. Tony Blinken, coming up. Tony Blinken has a rough week ahead of him. And this comes at the end of a few rough weeks and a few rough meetings that he's been going through. They are going to have to put him through the ringer. Coming up in his testimony this week before the House Foreign Affairs Committee and the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And here's the dirty little secret, folks. Foggy Bottom, the United States State Department, that's where they're from, the building there, has actually turned against Tony Blinken, according to multiple US officials that I've spoken with from the State Department, from the White House. Why? Because Tony Blinken, months before the Afghanistan debacle, actually canceled the Pompeo withdrawal plan the crisis response team that had all been put in place. National Pulse had the scoop on this, and I wanna make sure that they get credit for it. But folks, you need to take a look at this and what's coming up, because Tony Blinken has to answer questions from the senators and from the congressmen about what he knew, when he knew it, why he canceled that plan, and what's coming up next. So Tony Blinken, if I have a message for you, it's probably this. You are not going to be getting a lot of good sleep. But if you want the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, then head to MyPillow.com, Tony, and use promo code POSO for up to 66% off. And Tony, maybe even after you have to resign in disgrace, you can at least get a good night's sleep. And Republicans, by the way, are also now talking about having heard that there was a conversation that Tony Blinken had where he was actually making some disparaging comments about a senior member of the administration, emphasis on senior, out in the East Hamptons at a dinner there, but I'll leave that for the committee to bring up later. Folks, the dirty little secret is, again, as I said, Tony Blinken is just the latest in a figurehead of all the neocons, the neolibs, the foreign policy corrupt establishment that we've had in this country. And at humanevents.com, we've got a huge plethora of articles all about 9-11, how this country has changed, how our people have changed, everything that led up to it, everything that's happened since. So go and read that, it's an excellent collection, and really get a sense of how we could have failed so badly in terms of all of this. And Tony Blinken, Sir, you played a major role in all of these things, not just Afghanistan, by the way, but even back during the Iraq war when you were part of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee yourself. Remember people, there was this crazy idea to divide Iraq up into three countries. It was gonna be Kurdistan, Shiasan, Sunnistan. No, this was all Tony Blink. It was never going to work, right? But you said, well, there's sectarian violence. You just build up. He's an idiot, folks. He's an idiot. It doesn't surprise me that the CCP delegation totally ate his lunch. They stole his lunch from him in Anchorage and then ate it right in front of him, right? 
And that was supposed to be the big, you know, first lead meeting between Tony Blinken, the U.S., and the new administration and China. Tony, you weren't whining and dining them all these years. They were whining and dining you. So you're going to have to answer some questions. Why did you cancel the Pompeo plan? Why didn't you let those charter flights out? Why did your State Department block flights from private special operators and veterans that were trying to go to third-party countries? Why did you block all this, Tony? All of these answers and more will be found in your testimony. Folks, thank you so much. Well, folks, that is it. That's all the time that I am going to take up from you. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, so I'm not going to give you a self-love fest for three hours a day every day. No, no, no. 30 minutes. 30, that's it. You listen to Double Speed, 15 minutes. So share this out. Human Events Daily. We're going to be here every single day, part of Turning Point Live. Um, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, everywhere possible until they knock us off. But I do want to leave you with this. It's your moment in history. So today's moment in history, I want to take you back to 1683, September 12th, 1683. We just had the anniversary, the Battle of Vienna. The Ottoman Empire was storming through Europe. They had sieged Vienna for 30 days until the Pope had put out a call to save Christendom. And King Sobieski of Poland and the winged hussars stormed down from the mountains, smashed the Ottomans, and saved Europe. Folks, that's all the time we have again here. Thank you so much for joining us, Human Events Daily. Share, share, share this episode everywhere. Share it with your friends. Be the change. Be the multiplier. Be the influencer. And ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.